to observe just a moment of silence for those that have given themselves for our country. Now you can give yourself a round of applause for getting out of bed this morning. Come on, you got out of bed today. We celebrate you getting out of bed this morning. I know it was really hard because the sun was shining. It was sunning in your room, and it probably woke you up a little earlier than normal. So thank you so much for being here. Um, again, my name is Adam Harold. I'm one of the lead servants here. Um, and uh, today is Memorial uh, Day Sunday, and we celebrate those that have paid so much for our country. And so um, in honor of Memorial Day, uh, we have uh, we have a lot of, of veterans in, uh, in, our, in our congregation. Uh, and so um, one of them has just really grabbed hold of what God is doing in his life and really grown just a, a ton can't say too much because I'll get really choked up about how much God has done in his life. And so um, we have invited our resident United States Marine to speak for us this morning on Memorial Day and to talk to us all about what um, what sacrifice really means to him. So uh, Dan Brady, come on out. Thank you. Love you. Love you too. How's everyone doing? That's it? No one's doing good? I was doing well, I should say. Thank you, Pastor Adam and Tanya, for uh, giving me the opportunity to be up here again. Um, I had asked him if I could do this message uh, maybe, uh, maybe two months ago. And uh, I had a story that I wanted to tell about a man that I served with. Um, sorry. This is going to be a very vulnerable message for me. It wasn't, in, you know, it wasn't until Wednesday this week you know, that my wife actually heard this story and a lot of people say you got to be kidding me and I'm like yeah we just we don't talk about our service with each other and, you know for those of you who don't know uh, my wife is also a former marine we don't talk about it I don't know why but you know this man's story is uh, very important I didn't realize that um, I didn't realize that until recently when I met someone who actually comes to this church. His name is Alpi. And uh, Alpi helped me understand just how great this man's sacrifice was and still is. But uh, for those of you who don't know me, I am uh, Garen Brady. I started with this church long before when we were having interest meetings. Uh, I was the security team coach. And uh, Pastor Adam and Tanya have asked me to be the uh, campus director. So... Thank you, thank you. Um, you know, this weekend has a very special meeting, you know, for me, and I'm sure it does, you know, for a lot of you out there right now. Um, so I would like to start things off with a prayer for those men and women who have sacrificed so much for us, if you don't mind. Thank you, thank you, Jesus, for giving us special people who put themselves before others. They are willing to sacrifice everything for people that they don't know. 
for this country and for you. Father, we know that we would not have such men and women of, of that caliber if it wasn't for you. So we are thankful, we love you, and we praise you in your son's name. Amen. So this, this verse right here is my favorite. It has a very special meaning to me, like this message does. It's John 15, 13. And it says, Heaven has no greater love than to lay, than to lay down one's life for one's friend. I have a tattoo to my arm. I love it. But the more that I went into this message, the more that I studied, and the more I started to think, what about laying your life down for a complete stranger? Someone that you don't know, you don't know their name. And that's what these men and women did in our service, in service of this country. They don't know any of us, but they're willing to put their lives on the line for you, for me, and for everybody in this country. Tomorrow is Memorial Day, and we honor those. But unfortunately, like most holidays, it ends up being about sales, right? Mattress sales, car sales, home appliance sales. Heck, I just took advantage of a home appliance sale down at Lowe's yesterday. I mean, we save some money, right? We take advantage of it. But these sales and the things that we do distract us from what the true meaning of these holidays are. It's not just Memorial Day, even though this is what's happening tomorrow. It's not just about that. It's about all these holidays. It's about the distractions that we create. And it creates a fog so that we can't see what the true meanings of things are. It's a way for us to have control. Because well, let's be honest, we like to control things, don't we? Where's my wife? Where, there she is. We like to control things. It's human nature. We want to be able to touch something. We want to be able to feel it. We want to be able to hold it. We want to be able to just have something tangible for us to use and to see. And if we can't see it, then we don't believe it. And we're reminded in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things that we cannot see. It's faith. You can't hold it. But you have to believe in it. There's a certain trust that you have to have in order to have that faith. You have to let go of the control that you think that you have. And you have to be willing to turn that over to Jesus. So the message today is about sacrifice. And in order to sacrifice, it's about turning that control over to Jesus. It's about letting go. What I'm saying is that I believe that in order to truly sacrifice, you have to to be able to relinquish the control and turn it over to Jesus. You have to trust in him. It's about believing in something more than what you can control. And I know, you know, some of you might think, oh, this, you know, I already know where he's going with this, right? 
because I could stand up here and I could tell you story after story after story about the men and women that I served with, some of them who didn't make it home. But this one's a little bit different. I want to tell you about a man that I served with on my second deployment to Iraq. I met him at Camp Fallujah. For those of you who uh, aren't uh, familiar with the geographical area of where that is, it's the next major city west of Baghdad. There was a lot of stuff going on there when I was there at that time. Um, Fred sacrifice was different. You see, he he didn't give his life for his friends or in service of his country. He gave his life to follow Jesus. I met Fred about 13 years ago at a chow hall in Fallujah. It's a cafeteria you don't know. It's, uh, you know, it's a crowded place. We had two chow halls on uh, Camp Fallujah. It's hot. So the chow hall is busy because it's the only place that has AC. <laughs> it's hot, 120 degrees most days. So when you have the opportunity and you have the time to eat, you take advantage because you don't know when your next meal is going to be. You don't know where you're going to be. If you're going to be on a convoy, you're going to go somewhere else. You don't know if you'll make it. So when it's time to eat, you eat. You go to that air-conditioned chow hall, and you sit down and enjoy yourself. It's a moment of peace. But because of that, it's a crowded place. There's a lot of people in there, a lot of men and women in all branches of service. So you don't always get to sit next to the people that you know, which is like what we like to do right now. We come in, we sit down to people that we know, our friends, our family. And a lot of us are afraid to step outside our comfort zone and meet somebody new, sit down to some, sit down next to someone that you don't know. That's why a lot of the times when I, when I MC, I say, say hi to someone that you don't know. Because you have no, you don't understand yet what that person or how they can impact your life. Positive or negative. But God puts people in our lives for a reason. He puts people in our path, and we may not understand it then, like I did not understand why I sat down next to Fred. Didn't even know who he was. He wasn't wearing my uniform. But I did. I sat down next to him because I was hungry. Let's face it. So at that time, I would have been, this is a completely random event. I'm going to sit down next to someone I don't know, but I don't care. I'm just going to eat my food. But after sitting with Fred for lunch, I realized he's, you know, he's a pretty decent guy. I like Fred. So I invited him to play some poker with us, about four or five other Marines. Don't judge me. I have an old, yeah, we gambled. It was, you know, we made some money and we, we had a good time. And that's before I turned my life over to Jesus. So, you know, don't judge. All right? So Fred came over, and we were playing cards. It's at night, and it's one of the very few times you can really, you know, be outside and be comfortable when you're in Iraq because it's hot during the day. When the sun goes down, that's when you can sit outside and you can take a breath. So after taking some of Fred's money, yeah, 
good. No, good. After taking some of Fred's money, I asked him, I said, what are you doing with us, man? Why are you helping us? You know, my wife likes to remind me that I don't have a filter. I'm still working on it. Not that hard, though. <laughs> I, I have a tendency to say what's on my mind and get it out there, and sometimes it's offensive, and I'm sorry, but that's just the way I am. So I asked him, I said, what are you doing with us, man? Why are you helping us? He sold Fred. Fred didn't even blink. I asked him that. And he said that he believes in us. And that he wants his country to live in peace. And that he believed that it would never happen without his help. Now, I didn't even know what to say then because you're sitting at a table about four or five million who are dang good at what they do. And this guy's telling us that we can't do it without him. I wanted to reach across the table. Be like, Fred, I don't like you anymore. I don't, <laughs> I don't like what you have to say right now. I said, all right, all right. But what are you doing with us really, you know? And that's when he said something that surprised the crap out of me. Like the first thing wasn't bad enough, him telling us that we can't do it without him. Fred tells me that God asked him to help us. That he believed that God spoke to him and said that he needed to help us. So you see, Fred felt that he was tasked to do this. Now, this is when I normally would have gotten into a theological debate, you know, about church and God and all this stuff. But I said, without a filter, what God are you talking about? He told me that uh, there is only one God. And he sacrificed his son Jesus for us. And I said, I had to take a step back. You see, at this point in my life, I had a, I, you know, I've, I've always believed in God. I've always believed that there's a higher power, and that's what, my, what I always say, and a lot of people, I mean, you hear it all the time. But I had an extremely negative view about church, and especially the people that went. I judged them. And they probably judged me too, but that's all right, that's what we do. But I certainly didn't believe that God tasked people with missions. I mean, that didn't seem, it didn't seem right. I was like, what are you talking about? So I'm, I'm sitting there with Fred, and I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. I have so many questions for him. So many questions for Fred. So I asked him, I said, 
Fred, what's it like being a Christian in Iraq? You see, Fred didn't wear the same uniform that we wore. He wasn't an American citizen. He was an Iraqi citizen. Fred's real name was Farouk. Translated means one who distinguishes truth from falsehood. Yeah. Fred told me, it's not easy. It's not easy, he said. But he trusts in God and his son Jesus. That he was afraid every day for his life, for his family's life. He had a wife and kids. But he also believed that Jesus gave him the courage to follow the truth. And that truth that he's talking about is God's word. And that he has faith that no matter what happens to him, that Jesus will protect him and his family. And that's when he told me this verse, this piece of scripture, that uh, it took me a long time to find because, like I said back then, I didn't read the Bible at all. So I had to, I had to use the Google machine on the internet. And uh, it took me some time to find it. But it was Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord, your God, goes with you. And he will never leave you nor forsake you. That's how Fred lived his life every day. The trust that God would not leave him or forsake him. Being in a country that will kill you for believing in Jesus. Not only does he have a target on his back for helping us as a translator, but now he has two targets on his back because he's a Christian and he's helping us. I said, Fred, come on, man. Like, you really think that it's worth it? You really think that putting your family's life in danger is worth it? He said, of course it is. I live my life for him. You see, Fred was different because he was able to distinguish that. See, God knows us before we know ourselves. He knows our story before it's been told. He knows our name before it's been given to us. He knew what Fred's purpose was before any of us did, before Fred did. He knew that Fred would be able to distinguish the truth, which is God's word, over the falsehood of other people's words. He knew that the way to heaven was through God's son Jesus and not through your works. He was able to do that because God gave him the ability to do that. And he was not ashamed 
of his faith. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. First the Jew, first and also the Gentiles. Fred was surrounded by people who did not believe what he believed. And because of that, his life was in danger, his family's life was in danger every single day. He does not have the luxury that we have in this beautiful country of ours that men and women have sacrificed so much for. They gave their lives in service of this country. That never made it home. Fred gave his life in service of Jesus. It's hard sometimes, isn't it? To distinguish that truth from falsehood. Because we create that fog that's around us. We create these, these falsehoods and these things that, you know, that we want to be able to touch. That we want to be able to hold. To have control. It's hard to turn that control over. Fred taught me that sacrifice that requires that you let go of that control. And it's only then that you can see through the fog and the distractions that we create. You see, Satan likes to sit off to the side. He likes to help us be distracted, because that's what he does. If he can take us away from God's word, then he wants. We can't let that happen. We have to be able to see that truth through that fog, through those distractions. In my conversation with Fred, it really broke down to about four things. Trust. Fear. Courage, faith. Now, there are a lot of stories in the Bible about sacrifice, right? Especially in the Old Testament. But we're not talking about sacrifice and farm animals. This story, this scripture, I feel, encompasses all four of those things. And that's Matthew 14, 28-31. It's a good one. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, and he walked on the water, and he came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand, took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you have little faith. Why do you doubt? Peter was afraid because of the storm. He was afraid. He was distracted 
It took courage to step off that boat into those stormy waters. And it took courage to overcome that fear. It took faith that he knew that if he was to fall or to sink, that Jesus would save him. It's not all that different than what Fred went through every day. You see, when Fred stepped out in his house or his boat, he stepped into a sea of people who hated him because he believed in Jesus. That was his storm. It wasn't stormy winds or waters. It was people that wanted to kill him because of what he believed. So he was afraid every day. But he had courage because of his faith in Jesus. He knew that it was going to be okay. He knew that if he had fallen or if someone was to hurt his family, that Jesus would reach out his hand and save them. That he would rescue them and take them to safety. Fred was able to see through the fog. Clearly. And most of, I can't say that I can do that. Most of us can't. But that's why we're here. So my question to you, are you willing to see through that fog for the truth? Are you willing to see through that fog to find Jesus, the comfort of knowing him in his word? Are you willing to relinquish control and turn it over to Jesus? Are you willing to sacrifice for him? Every single one of us can say right now, I guarantee it, that you would sacrifice your life for your spouse. You'll sacrifice your life for your children, for your best friend. But are you willing to sacrifice your life for something that you can't hold, that you can't see? But that you have to sacrifice for the trust and the faith that Jesus gives us, that we are given from him to live in freedom. To worship Him in freedom. Are you willing to sacrifice your reputation of coming to church outside this building for Him? I know that I struggle with that. But you don't have to struggle with it anymore. If you are at that point Yes, Jesus, I, I am ready. I don't want to have control anymore. I want to give it to you because I trust you, because I have faith in you, because I trust your word and the things that you have done for us. If that's you, then now is the time. Now is the opportunity where you get to do that.
that's you, I invite you to say this prayer with Pastor Adam. Give Gary a hand, would you? Come on. Good job. Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 10, this is, there's a verse that we hold on to around here. And it says, Jesus speaking, he says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come to give you a rich and satisfying life. God wants to give us all a rich and satisfying life. He does that through his son, Jesus. But because we have a thief, we have an enemy, Satan is trying his best to steal from all of us. So he does everything he can to put some fog into your life. I have a friend, his name's Luke Walters. He spoke here about four weeks ago. And Luke is always texting me, fog life, fog life, fog life. He's tweeting and he's putting on Facebook and he's hashtagging it, fog life. Like, Luke, what is this fog life you're talking about? He says, man, I'm just living in the fog. I said, is that a good thing? And he says, of course it's a good thing. Because I'm living in the favor of God. You see... What Satan wants to do is he wants to create a fog in your life that has you distracted. But God says, I just want to give you a little bit of favor. You see, where we find God's favor, we find the rich and satisfying life. And so this morning, we're going to make a pledge that we're going to not live in the distraction, in the fog of the distraction, but we're going to live in the favor of God. The way we do that. I talked about it a little bit last week when I talked about raising our kids. The way we live in the favor of God is we put God first in everything that we do. If you want God to favor you, if you want to find favor with God, you put him first in everything that you do. You, you put him first in the morning. You put him first in the evening. You put him first on Sundays. You put him first on Mondays, on Tuesdays, on Wednesdays. You put him first in your life. That's how you find favor with God. You make your life all about Him. And He'll give you some favor. He'll choose you. So I've been praying this week for my kids. I've been praying that they would find favor with God by putting God first in everything they say, everything they do. And then I've been praying that they find favor with man because people are mean. And they need favor with man, too. And how do they find favor with man? Well, they find favor with man by putting other people before they put themselves. You see, when we want to find favor, what we have to do, the Bible says, he must increase, I must decrease. We have to just become less important. And I don't know about you, but I think I'm a pretty big deal. And in order for me to 
put other people first and to put God first, I have to have a little bit of a reality check sometimes. And I have to realize that I'm not a big deal. That you're a big deal. And that God is the biggest deal in my life. So if you would do it, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. If you stand to your feet, every head bowed, every eyes closed. We're going to let you out a little bit early because it's a beautiful day. And because Garen loves you more than I love you. We're inviting our, our prayer team. They're coming forward. Maybe you just need someone to pray for you. For whatever reason. They're here every Sunday morning. We we, we have our prayer team up at, at, at the stairs to, to pray with you so that we can learn your story. You're not made to do this life alone. So we're here to help. But maybe your heads bowed and your eyes closed, you would be bold enough to say, Pastor Adam, I've had some distractions in my life. Is there anybody here other than myself who got my hand in the air saying, I've had some distractions in my life? Hands all over the place. I've had some distractions in my life. It's time that I put God in first in all of those distractions. But maybe you're here, and, and, and it's not just about the distractions, but it's about your whole heart. You see, it's really easy for me to have places in my heart, pieces in my heart, where I've gotten distracted. I get distracted by my kids sometimes. I get distracted even in my work sometimes. Even though I work for God, I still get distracted. In get distracted in my hobbies and my distractions. And so there are pieces of my life that I get distracted in. But there was this one moment, this one time in my life where I said, God, you have my entire heart. And it only takes a second to change your heart and give it to God. That's all he wants. However, he wants more than our hearts because he wants our entire life to be to, to live for him. And so so we say heart change happens in a second, but life change happens over time. It's going to take some time to get things in order. It's going to take some time to get your life straightened out. But right now, it's all about that second. It's all about giving God your entire heart right now. How many of you would say, Pastor Adam, I have never had that second where I've given God my heart, and I want to do that today. Would you raise your hand? Thank you. Anybody else? I want to give God my heart today. All right. You got it. You raise your hand. I want you to just say this prayer. the blood of Jesus, 
come in and save them. Make me a new cre creation and help me to live for you. I believe that Jesus came out of the grave so that I can live for you. In Jesus' name, if you said that prayer on that card that you got on your way in, we just ask you to fill it out, even if you filled it out before, because there's a section of it that says, I committed to give my heart to Jesus. Mark that so that we can, we can celebrate with you today. Let me pray for those that have raised their hand that said that you had some distractions in your life. God, I come before you right now. I come before you on behalf of all the people in the room that have said with boldness and courage, I have some distractions in my life. And I want to give God my whole life. I want to give him my whole heart. I want to, I want to have him a part of my life every, every day, every hour, every moment. I give it to him. And God, I pray that you would wipe away the distractions, whatever that means whatever it takes to wipe away those distractions. I pray that you would do it. But Lord, I pray that people would learn not just to, to, to take care of the distractions and get them away, but Lord, that they would use those distractions for your glory. Because Lord, we can use the distractions that the Bible says that, that what, Satan, what, what Satan intends for harm, God intends for good. So God, we pray that we would reclaim some of those distractions, that we would use it to glorify you that when we put you first, even in the distractions, we would find favor with you, God. That we would put you first so that we could find favor with you and we would put others before we put ourselves. That we would love others so that we could find favor with you. That's my prayer today. God, you are so, so good given us so, so much. And God, we live in the favor of God today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Would you celebrate today with me? Come on, give God some hands. Give God a hand. Give God some love.